Hey, this is Sebastian the Jet. You are listening to Soccer Subs. This is Jordan Stewart, and you're listening to Soccer Sub. Go listen. Hey, this is Rob Stone from Fox Sports. You are listening to the Soccer Subs Podcast. The Soccer Subs Podcast. It's game on. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Soccer Subs Podcast episode 75. My name is Ronnie, and I'm joined here with my three Soccer Subs co-hosts, Vas, Christian, and Eric. Fellas, good to be on with you guys. And before we get it started, let me just give a quick shout out to our two Soccer Subs show sponsors. First one up is Paragon Sports, your premier destination for activewear. They're located here on 18th and Broadway here in Manhattan. Go check them out for all your running needs, basketball, soccer, baseball equipment. Go give them a follow at Paragon Sports on Instagram. And our second show sponsor, Taqueria 86, an amazing soccer-themed Mexican restaurant. They're located here in Manhattan in the city, 94th and Broadway. Go check them out for some amazing tacos, burritos, drinks, the mezcal, the tequila, all the good stuff. Go give them a follow at Taqueria86NY on Instagram. And now that that's out the way, it's been two weeks since we last recorded. We are officially in October, one last game of MLS regular season. How are you guys doing? Yeah, episode 75. I mean, we already have our Supporters Shields champions. We're all thrilled here. Not, obviously, nobody is an LAFC fan here. Although Vaz got a nice LFC jersey from our sponsor, Paragon Sports. Yeah, number 75, Daniel Edelman. Shout out to him. Shout out to the Rebels. We are still trying to get a home game for the playoffs. It's going to be tough. Charlotte is coming strong. We don't know how they're going to come in. But we're excited to talk about this and many cool things with a special guest in the studio. Welcome to the Soccer Soft Podcast. Two weeks, man. It feels like it's been two years. I love the energy. I'm happy to say that we got a, a wonderful guest with us. And man, the results could have been better this weekend, but congrats LAFC on winning that supporter shield. Shout out to Paragon Sports for the awesome gear that I got, that amazing LAFC jersey that fit just nice. And shout out to Olympiacos for not making me have a bad weekend with a 2-0 win under their new head coach because the Red Bulls just had to lose against a former player at the spearheading that result but let us start this show oh man episode 75 i can't believe we're already at 75 it's unbelievable but no listen we've had an amazing week of football amazing two weeks of football mls is winding down we have the playoffs coming up soon we had the last week of international football before the world cup with that in mind we have 47 days left until the start of the world cup i'm super excited and of course right in between everything we have champions league football which is heating up we have the leagues who are also just heating up it's been amazing for football fans all around the world for sure appreciate it eric and yeah for the mls fans we got a big show coming up for you guys today we got a big guest coming up in just a few minutes He's an American professional footballer out of Montclair, New Jersey. He's a forward for our very own New York City Football Club, wearing number 22 at forward. He also plays midfield. We got the one and only Mr. Kevin O'Toole joining us in just a few minutes. One of the young guys for NYCFC. Got some minutes in the Campeones Cup, got some minutes in the New York Derby. So really excited to have on Mr. Kevin O'Toole. He's coming up in just a few minutes. We'll be talking with him a little bit about his career, playing in the USL with the New York Red Bulls too. And of course, playing with the NYCFC first squad, especially in the Campeones Cup. And for the MLS fans, we got a special guest joining us in the studio as well, all the way from Austin, Texas. His name is Hernan Gonzalez. He runs the We Are Austin TV show on YouTube. Really excited to have him on. Hernan, thank you so much for being on with us. Tell the fans a little bit about yourself. And yeah, man, tell us a little Ooh. bit about We Are Austin, man. Definitely want to hear all about you. 
Hey, hey, hey. First of all, I want to say thank you for uh, having me on here for sure. I've been uh, listening to this pod for quite some time. You know, uh, whenever you have a new team in the MLS, you want to listen to as many people as you can to, you know, get a good idea of uh, what you're coming into. And uh, I want to send a shout out to you guys. You do a real good job. But yeah, like I said, thank you for having me on this pod. I'm ready to uh, talk about Austin FC. For sure. And Hernan, real quick, tell us a little bit about We Are Austin TV. When did you start it? How long have you been doing it for? And a little bit of that. So uh, We're Austin TV, we started doing it uh, about six months, maybe a year before Austin FC kicked the uh, uh, soccer ball in the inaugural 2021 season. Pretty much we got together with our buds and we said, hey, we want to start this page that covers this future MLS team that's going to come to our city where we live, where we're born. And honestly, man, if we're being real, we're, we're most likely going to die. I mean, we we have teams that we love and have near dear to our heart that are overseas, that are across oceans, across borders. But now, you know, the people here in Austin, we have this club. And uh, pretty much what we wanted to do is we wanted to start this page that provided really good content, that provided stats, wallpapers, videos, uh, reactions from the fans outside Q2. And that's exactly what we've been doing. Of course, we always try to make the content better for the fans, but so far so good, I think. Yeah, appreciate it, Hernan. And yeah, before we get to some MLS stuff and talking a little bit about Decision Day for coming up this upcoming weekend, let's just get to some MLS news real quick. LAFC beating the Portland Timbers to win the Supporter Shield. It is official, LAFC winning the 2022 Supporter Shield. My very own NYCFC beating Orlando City. That was a tough game, 2-1. to one. Goals by Alex Callens and Dallas Magno. I mean, Orlando City are no easy task. Those guys are the U.S. Open uh, champs, so definitely tough game at Red Bull Arena. Christian and Vasa's New York Red Bulls losing on the road to Columbus Crew, 2-1. to one. They'll talk about it in just a few minutes. I mean, both goals came in the 89th minute and in, in the 93rd minute, so a lot to talk about for that game as well. MLS playoffs are around the corner. LAFC have officially locked up first seed in the West. It all comes down to this weekend to find out if if Montreal or Philly get that first spot, who gets that first round by in the Eastern Conference. And we had a heck of a game this past weekend. Charlotte FC beating Philadelphia Union 4-0 at the Bank of America Stadium. Four goals by Daniel Rios. What a game. Heck of a fan base over there. So, And we had Champions League back in action. Inter Milan beating Barca 1-0 and Napoli beating Ajax 6-1. But yeah, we'll get to that in just a few minutes. We'll throw it to Eric uh, towards the end of the show. And all right, fellas, let's get to some MLS. Christian Voss, let me throw it to you guys. I mean, I think one of the biggest games on our end, New York Red Bulls losing to the Columbus Crew 2-1. to You guys had the lead 1-0. And of course, Columbus Crew came back in the very last four minutes of the game to take it all. Christian, let me start it off with you, man. Just kind of what, what was your thoughts and how do we move forward as we look into the playoffs for the New York Red Bulls? A lot of people can say we're not looking strong going into the playoffs because we have back-to-back losses. How do we respond after losing a derby? However, I think some things to point out. Jared Struber decided to rest Aaron Long, so we didn't have our captain playing on the field that game. Uh, we had Cameroon player, 23-year-old Hassan Endam, making his first start in the 2022 season. Dylan Nealis gets the star as a right fullback. And Christian Caceres is out because of a leg uh, infection. So he's injured. I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for. So some key players were out for this game and also for Columbus crew. Cucho Hernandez was suspended right before the game. So he missed out on this one, a big, big loss. So there you go thinking, well, we can have an easy game, right? Especially because they decided to also sit out Salarayan in the first half. 
and maybe put him on in the second half. And you know how dangerous this player is. We all knew that. I mean, they did show us at the end how they actually uh, won the game using these players. But my biggest surprise was, you know, kind of like the rule of the X. Derek Etienne Jr. coming in strong in the second half and completely taking over the game with their substitutes. I mean, before we start talking about what Columbus crew did, right? I kind of just want to bounce some ideas with Boss because we have Frank Amaya back. So we know that Drew Yearwood hasn't been playing because of that decision of what he did, kick the ball to the fan. But, you know, I think you have to keep in mind when you are heading into the playoffs, you want to have the confidence. You want to not lose games. Maybe you can tie them, but not lose them because you're preparing for big tasks ahead. And I think resting Aaron Long for the full game, I think that wasn't a good decision on my behalf. Obviously, it's easy to talk when the game is over, but we definitely could have used them in the last 15 minutes of the game. Uh, but yeah, I uh, just want to mention some things. First half, I think we can agree, Vaz, that we took over. Like it, it, We had the better chances. Columbus crew had their first real shot on goal on the 74th minute. So for the most part, I, I saw a Rebel team that defended well, that tried to find ways to create with Luquinas being so good off the dribble. I think, you know, not having Kyle Duncan at the start also didn't create any threats on right wing. But I think with, with the corner at the end, Andres Reyes had a nice header. It, it could have gone our way and it could have been one up going into the second half. So, Bas, I'll throw it to you and then I'll try to bounce some ideas of what you thought of the first half and the second half. Well, the most surprising thing had to be the fact that Hassan and Dom got a start. He started the year off with Orange County SC, got cut, got picked up by Red Bull 2, and now he's in the starting lineup for the first time in over four years because he's actually a former player of ours, so... Kind of crazy to see him just thrusted into that lineup. And I think the, the fact that we did lose three of the last four is a bit concerning, just momentum-wise. Just going into the playoffs, you want to have uh, some results like NYCFC, unfortunately, I have to say, have come up. And uh, they've come up big in the last two games. And, you know, they had the Campeones Cup that also helped spearhead that. But I think the Red Bulls had a good showing. The pairing of Frankie Amaya and Daniel Edelman seems very promising. Frankie likes to dribble more off the ball, move up field, while Danny likes to sit back a bit deep and just spray the long balls or more of the just be a facilitator while trying to shield the defense. So I think that pairing does have a lot of promise. And surprisingly enough, I think Dylan Nealis actually had a good game. I know a lot of people have been giving him stick for letting Derek Etienne Jr. just like waltz into the box towards the end of the match and get the game winner, but I think that was more of like the team shape just being retained and no one really realizing to man mark. We've talked about it before. You have to read the game in different situations and different scenarios. The transition of the game didn't need us to stay compact. We needed to be seeing who's trying to go in on goal and be a goal threat. Unfortunately, no one picked up on former Red Bull player Derek Etienne Jr., who just uh, had those two amazing goals. I have to give it to them. Again, I'm not trying to sound salty. Credit to where credit's due. Columbus. Although they got outplayed, they needed their this win to keep their playoff hopes, you know, in there. They they need they need that the, the points more than we do. So I think you brought up a very good point, Christian. I like the fact that we didn't start Aaron Long, but I would have closed the final 15 minutes of the match with him coming on the field, seeing how you said the first real threat came in the 74, 75th minute. Why not bring on our best defender to try to close down the match? 
But overall, I think we really should have came out of that game with at least one point. I would hope you agree. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. Because I think it's, it's, it's the momentum. If there's one thing that I take away is the lessons from this game. I think you can use this going into the playoffs because now you know that you have to be extremely careful if you decide that you're going to let the other team have the possession and players, key players like Celarayan, like Etienne, and, and the substitutes, I think Jason Russell Rowe and, and, and Mohamed Farisi, they came in and changed the game completely. So the Rebels have to prepare going into the playoffs with players who can change the dynamic of a game. And I think something weird happened because the game started with, we started with a forward with Klimala. And Klimala came off after the first half. And then the second half, we have our Brazilian uh, Elias. And then he comes off 20 minutes later for Barlow. So my point is like, Okay, what was the decision here? Because obviously after the goal, after we scored the first goal, our only goal, Caleb Porter decided to, okay, you know what? I had enough of this. I'm bringing Lucas Larayan in and I'm bringing more substitutes uh, as the game goes on. And they took over. Even though we like other teams to have possessions, when you have high caliber players like Larayan that can change the game, you have to do something different. There was no changes in the second half from the Rebels. So it's like you can't expect a different result if you're doing the same thing kind of theory. So it, it, it just amazes me that Struber is already familiar with the MLS. And how do you hold on to a lead without making any changes? I, I just don't think that's any, any coaches thought that we're not going to make any substitutions and bring another midfielder. Or bring whoever is uh, another CB because Dylan Millis is not a center uh, a center back. You spoke about the goal that uh, Derek Etienne scored because of Dylan Millis. Well, he's not even supposed to be playing in this position. He's a, a multifunctional player who can play different positions. But, I mean, if you were going to move him, I would have just leave him down because he's probably better prepared for that role. Yeah, appreciate it to you guys. Let me just talk a quick NYCFC. We actually had a good win against Orlando City 2-1 here at Red Bull Arena. Both teams had some really good shots on goal, 13 shots for each side. NYCFC had more possession. Orlando have struggled a little bit right after the U.S. Open Cup. One win in their last four games. They lost to Philadelphia Union 5-0. Orlando City also lost to Atlanta 1-0. And that loss to NYCFC makes that the fourth as well. You know, just a couple of good highlights just overall. You know, Tavon Gray almost had himself a goal. He got called offside. If not, this game would have been 3-1. But, man, I'm loving what Nick Cushing is kind of starting to establish. You know, I think the team's starting chemistry. We've talked about possibly the Campeones Cup being that boost that the team needed. But, yeah, I'm loving how Nick Cushing is trusting Tales Magno on top as a forward. Gabriel Pereira on the right wing. Santi Rodriguez as that number nine. In the midfield, you got Maxi Morales. Nico Acevedo as well in the midfield. And then I got to give a, uh, a shout out to that back line because I know defending against Orlando City is no easy task. I mean, Alex Callen, Chano, Tiago Martins, Tavon Gray. So a heck of a performance. And I know we've mentioned it a, a little bit about on this show. But I think if we're going to go into the playoffs, I mean, we have a solid core roster, you know, starting 11. 
But I think if, if something's going to win us the games, it's going to be our depth. You know, we, we got to count on Eber on the bench. Keaton Parks is back. Our newest signing, Matias Pellegrini. And then the other Brazilian, Thiago Andrade. But uh, yeah, a really good showing by NYCFC. We needed that win. We have our last away game coming up against Atlanta United this upcoming Sunday. And yeah, I think uh, Nick Cushing's really turned a page with the team. I think the players are starting to trust. And, you know, when you win a cup, when you win silverware, I think that builds that morality, builds that team chemistry that, that was much needed because I know NYC was NYCFC was definitely struggling throughout the season. So happy to see that. And Hernan, thank you so much for being out with us, man. Wanted to throw it to you, man. What's been your analysis of Austin FC, man? I know that Western Conference has definitely been a, a conference to watch. How's Austin FC been doing for you, man? And how you been liking Josh Wolf? And how's everything on the Western Conference for you, man? Well, first of all, I can tolerate the New York City FC talk, but the New York Rebels, mm-mm, I can't, man. You guys came, you guys came to Q2. And you guys took three points. So New York Rebels, y'all not good with me. Y'all not good with me. <laughs> I think but, that was the last time we won anyway. So. <laughs> oh, but on, uh, yeah, man, pretty much on the Western Conference out here, uh, it's been a historic turnaround. It's not even a exaggeration to say anymore because we have the chance to make history. Um, we play against Colorado one more time, uh, the last game of the regular season at home. And with a draw, we tie Chivas USA, which is now um, LAFC. Uh, we, we, we tie their, their record with a draw. Or if we win, if, if we win, we beat them. You know what I mean? And um, that record is uh, they came in and I think what the difference from year one to year two was uh, uh, 25 points. So we can uh, jump them or we can tie them this uh, weekend. But that's just a bit of that. On the Josh Wolf part of it, I got to give him credit. I mean, last season, it wasn't good for this guy it was up and down he mentions that a lot uh he says that it was a roller coaster but i want to give him credit because i mean this season he came in he brought in players and he also got rid of, of some players and it's been the same style of football it's wolf ball playing from the back religiously playing from the back sometimes we mess up sometimes the fans are unhappy because mistakes happen but uh, one thing is is clear josh Wolf wants this team to play a certain style his certain style and we've gotten so much better at it. And the numbers don't lie. Last season, we uh, we finished up on 31 points. This season, we're creeping up on uh, 55. We're at 55 right now. So that's almost, uh, what was it, like a uh, 25 points, what I said. But not only just in the points, in the goals also. We scored about double the amount of goals this season that we did last season. So that's a that's a, a, a huge boost. Now, I mean, Josh Wolf is not the one that's putting him in the back of the net. I'm going to transition into my next point, Sebastian Drussi. Sebastian Drussi was with us last season for a bit, but this season he came in. He had a full se- full preseason under his belt. He got to know this team. He loves the fan base. He has mentioned multiple times how it feels like if he's back home in Argentina. I think I don't know if he's from Rosario or Buenos Aires, but he said that the fans here that they live every game like down there. They want to win. They chant 90 minutes and the flares. So he's a big fan of that. And when the fan base hears that, that just want to make them go harder. Right. So not only is Austin FC's credit to Sebastian Drussi, I do want to give credit to Diego Fagundes, who has completely reinvented himself in, in Austin FC. Uh, he was with the New England uh, Revolution. He was kind of discarded by uh, Bruce Arena. He didn't really want him anymore. He didn't really play him in the position that, that Diego Fagundes wanted. He came down here, Austin FC, picked him up, and he's honestly been the heartbeat of this team. I mean, he's played 
31 games out of 33. He started 31 out of 33. Massive numbers for him. He's played an enormous amount of minutes. And he's having record-breaking career-high numbers for him. He's, he's had the most amount of assists. He's on 15 assists right now. That's the most he's had in his entire career. I think he's on maybe six goals, if I'm not mistaken. I should know this. My bad if I win this. But he's been enormous for this team. And one more person that I do want to credit to, and this is not only in the attack, you also got to defend well. And somebody that I want to give credit to for coming into this team strong is Ruben Gabrielson. Ruben Gabrielson, our Norwegian center back, we got him from the from the second division of France or from Norway. I forget where we get him from, but we got him from a nobody team, Toulouse, if I'm not mistaken. He came in, we presented him in, uh, in a, like around January. He came in and it's been really night and day. Our defense last season was, was very slow. I mean, we are still slow, but we've gotten a lot better with uh, Ruben. He's a character back there. He's a, he's a leader. And uh, shout out to New York City FC. When Alex Ring is not that guy that uh, lifts up this team and, you know, backs him up, Ruben Gabrielson is there. Uh, he's seen in multiple team talks, you know, just lifting up these guys saying, hey, don't be afraid of the LAFCs. Don't be afraid of the LA Galaxies is, is something that uh, he said. And just one more person, one more person that I do want to give a shout out to, and you might know this name, New York Red Bull fans, is John Gallagher. Uh, he's not somebody that, that, we, that we picked up this season. He's been here since year one. But one thing about him is the fact that he – he converted himself, or Josh Wolf and the training staff was it, were able to convert him into a left back. We have a uh, Slovenian international, Zan Komenik. He's been real sloppy this season. He really lost that 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 starting position, and we're we're really lucky that a guy like John Gallagher is on this team because the fact that he he pretty much took on the responsibility. He was the one that said, "Hey, I want to get minutes, so if I got to play defense, I'm going to play defense." He he he's played right back. He's played left back and at left back, he's been fantastic for us because we got Nick Lima on that right back side and he's been fantastic. But those names that I just mentioned, of course, it's a team effort. But those guys that I mentioned, along with Josh Wolf, have really turned this 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 team around. I mean, it's a great city. The stadium isn't the biggest. It's what it holds like 22,000 people, but we have it packed. We're on like a 33 game streak of it being sold out. And hopefully we can keep going as as as, as long as we can. We have a playoff game coming up at home. We might get the second round also. And if things go right and if we make it to the final, I mean, multiple things have to happen, but we could have a final IQ too. I don't know if it's, if it's still possible or not, but MLS is crazy. And I also was going to ask you, Hernan, just briefly, on two players, first of all, um, you mentioned the Rebels. You guys took Jared Stroud from us. And then, I, we, I don't know if you know, but me and Ronnie are Ecuadorians. So we want to know how's uh, Washington Corozo doing? Uh, what's he doing for the team? It has been united up. And how are the fans reacting to this? Man, Washington Corozo has been a real curious case. And I'm not even putting it out, out, out of context. A lot of the fans here in Austin are still confused with his situation because he, he got some minutes here at home where he... Um, was it against the New York Rebels where he had that uh, that scissor kick assist, right? And then Ethan Finley finished it off. So when whenever that happened, fans were like, Washington Corozo, who is this guy? Oh, my God. This guy is going to give us a boost going into the playoffs. We also knew that he was hungry. Uh, he was trying to find his, his spot in the Ecuador national team going to the World Cup. I know that there's some drama there. If they're even going to go, if Chile is going to go, if uh, Vidal's kids are ever going to wake up or not because they're still sleeping, waiting for his father to go to the World Cup. But, but yeah, going back to Manchita, he recently had a, an abdomen operation. It was a small procedure, but Josh Wolf said in a midweek 
press conference that it needed to be done and they just went ahead and, and did it. So we might not see Manchita Corozo anymore for Austin FC because he's only here on a, on a six-month loan. And one thing is, is, is certain, Josh Wolf, he doesn't count on Manchita and he's not in his plans, sadly. Hernan, thank you for that. And I wanted to also quickly highlight Brad Stewart for you guys, man. I mean, former NYCFC yeah, guys, uh, one of the former NYCFC guys, you know, solid goalkeeper. I feel like he stepped up a lot this season for you guys as well. And Hernan, I wanted to quickly ask you, I know on our podcast, I think for the past like seven episodes, we keep highlighting LAFC, man. You know, they've been on course to, towards that supporter shield. They officially won the supporter shield this past game against Portland Timbers. In your opinion, man, what's been your thoughts of just how that team came together with Bale and Chiellini and, you know, just some latest additions? And do you feel like it's well-deserved? Do you feel like that's the team to beat in the West? Well, for a lot of the teams in the West, they are the, the team to beat. Fortunately for myself and all the Austin FC fans, we can say this season that we smacked them twice. We went to the bank. We beat them 2-1. Two to one, two to one. They came to Q2. We beat them 4-1, I think it uh, ended. But yes, they did lift up that, that shield. They have a great team. I mean, they, they did bring in a new coach, uh, Cherundolo. I didn't think he was going to do as, as well as he's doing. But let's also give credit to, the, to John Thorington. I mean, that guy pulled an enormous amount of strings to get probably one of the best MLS sides on paper that we might ever seen. I mean, of course, there's like some historic teams in this league. But I mean, when you have Bell, when you have Chiellini, Chicho Arango, Carlos Vela, Opoku, uh, Maxime Crepo, in one team, you double take and you're like, is this the MLS? You know what I mean? Like they're, they have some bigger names in some like La Liga mid-table team, some bottom teams over there. So, I mean, they are a really good team. Fantastic. Not many teams that win the Shield go on to win the MLS Cup, but LAFC is a team that likes to break records. I mean, their fans say that they were born big, eh, nacieron grandes, we'll prove it. You don't have a uh, MLS Cup, go on and uh, win one. You got the shield, you got two of them, congratulations. Everybody knows that in the MLS, we, we, we care about the MLS Cup. Oh, man. You know, I tend to tend, tend to be right when I say teams are going to choke, and I, I'm going to stick by it. I think as good as LAFC are, as talented as they are, I think that they are going to choke. And um, I think in the West... And people are sleeping on this team, and uh, Hernan might might be upset with me, but I think in the West, FC Dallas come out of the West on top. And they've proven that they can beat MLS top guns. They've beaten LAFC recently, they, well, in the summer. They've beaten Philly. It's a team with a good amount of youth and experienced players. You know, we have friends of the podcast there with – you know, Sebastian Leger, Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, who's a fantastic talent. And I think that's a team that's under the radar right now, even though they're sitting comfortably in third place. In the West, I have FC Dallas. In the East, we, listen, we love Philly, but I think first place is a curse. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati coming out of the East. Dallas-Cincinnati final. Appreciate it, Eric. Hernan, let me throw it back to you, man. I know, you know, Decision Day is coming up this weekend. Any team that you kind of, besides Austin, besides LAFC, is, is there another dark horse that you feel could come out of the West? And also, any team that you kind of been keeping an eye out on the Eastern Conference on your end? Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, Philly. Philly definitely is a team from the East that I don't want to come across at all. If anybody out there can can get them out, please, ASAP. I mean, because they they went through this like spell where they were beating Team 6 nothing. And it was not just one game. It was it was two, three games. So it was, you know, I mean, whenever you have a team doing that, I mean, you do not want to play them. Um, they're also 
a real deal team. I mean, they've played CONCACAF Champions League. I mean, they're not a they're, they're not a new team like us, right? So um, if, if anything, maybe we're the team that a lot of teams want to face because we've never been in these waters. We have a coach that that has been in these waters, I guess, but that that mentality of the MLS playoffs, you know, we don't really have it in Austin FC yet. But from the West, a team that to look out for, I guess, I mean, for sure, everybody knows LAFC, right? Of course. But one team, maybe Portland. Maybe Portland. I mean, that seems that seems real physical. I mean, we we couldn't beat them early on this season, so they definitely have our number. We've had we have their number. We 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 beat them last season. They were our our, our first win in 2021, four to one. But hey, it's 2022 now, and if this league has taught me anything, is it's hard to predict some some of these things. Uh, but yeah, Portland. I'm gonna give them their uh, props, of course, and Philly from the East. And I just quickly, I just want to mention LA Galaxy. Have they surprised you in the last couple of weeks? Because they were at some point out of the playoff spot. Now they have a home game probably going into the playoffs. And with Ricky Pooch in there, I don't know. I think they, they changed things in the last part of the season. So, yeah, man, I mean, I, I think whenever they got Douglas Costa, people thought that he was going to have that Ricky Puch effect. It kind of backfired on them. Douglas Costa hasn't really been a factor for them. Chicharito's missing penalties like nothing. Brad Stuber, by the way, blocked two from him this season. So shout out to him. But yeah, Ricky Puch, you know, he came in and just completely changed this team. I mean, I've heard a lot of the MLS experts, a lot of the MLS pundits say that he's probably the best 10 in the league or one of the best 10s or whatever. And I've seen some, I've seen him, Play some balls in to Chicharo, to Cabral, and they're superb. They are superb. That, that kid's having fun in this league. It kind of makes me wonder why he never cemented a position in Europe. Maybe not like not in Barcelona, but not even in like a lower tier La Liga team. You know, they did not want him. But hey, he says, he claims that I can't believe the LA Galaxy came looking for me. So shout out to him. I think LA Galaxy for sure surprised me this season. I mean, they came to Q2, beat us 4-1. to one. Um, it was an unfortunate game for us. And they've had our number. They're a team that's tough to beat. Chicharito, when, whenever he's on, he's on, you know. But it's really just what kind of mood LA Galaxy is in that day. It, you know, are they going to play well? Are they not? And also us. Also Austin FC. And just one more thing to add about the West. Do you think this table maintains the way that it is with Minnesota in that last spot? Or do you think... RSL manages to sneak their way into the playoffs like they did last year and try to make some noise. Because I feel like that's one team. They had a lot of injuries, especially with their captain, like the guy who was like the focal point, whether it's defending, attacking, or scoring goals or creating them, is Demir Krylock. And we have seen him, I don't think, at all this year. Yeah, that's actually a really good question because all the Austin FC fans down here were waiting for our opponent. We don't know who we're going to play. We know We've been sitting on that uh, second seed that second spot for quite some time. We officially clinched it recently, but uh, yeah, we've been waiting and that, that spot's been going up and down, up and down. It's been Minnesota, it's been Russell Lake. Seattle was kind of fighting for it. LA Galaxy might've had it for, for some time there, but they rocketed up. Honestly, if you ask me who I want to face, I want to face RSL because we beat them 3-0 at home recently and we've been better at home. We've been in a funk also. We haven't been in, in the best of form, but in that nasty form, RSL gave us a, a dub 3-0. So, um, I mean, that's like a no-brainer right there. But who do I think might make it? I want to ride with Minnesota because I really like Reynoso. And if I'm not mistaken, he's back. He's back from injury. But there's they still haven't got it going. 
If Reynoso can show up in decision day, I see Minnesota getting those three points and uh, moving on. But I don't think that they're going to maintain that because they've been real iffy. They haven't been consistent the last couple of games. So they might make it in, but are they going to maintain that energy? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Yeah, I'm happy that uh, Hernan brought him up because I was going to say Portland is always that sneaky team that somehow everyone's thinking that, oh, is this the year that they miss out on the playoffs again? Are they going to be a contender? Maybe they are. There's always question marks surrounding that team. But the one consistent thing that has been there is Giovanni Savarese. And I know he's he did lose the final last year, and a lot of people had hopes that Portland will be in a top three spot, not like around six, seventh. But Come playoff time, it's anyone's game. You know, this is the kind of league that we're in that if you're in the playoffs, anything could happen. Just like Arsa last year that, like we said, they managed to sneak in with the final minutes of decision day after LA Galaxy thought that they were in and they eliminated the, the winner of the, well, it was just crazy stuff last year. So I think Portland does have a lot, uh, not a lot on the line, but they have the good nature of no one really taking them that seriously. And when that happens in your soccer team, the results tend to go to the team that's not favored. I'm not saying it's an underdog story, but they've been there and done that. And I think anyone who's looking at Portland in a non-difficult fashion is going to be quite surprised because Gio is the guy. Like he, he, I have to give him credit. You know, he literally built the Red Bull Academy system, like almost with his own two hands. So the success with the Cosmos and the success with Portland, it just, it's crazy to see them almost every year, whether they're in a Western Conference final, but they're always in it. You know, come the last decision day, you know, in playoffs, Portland always somehow seems to make MLS Cup final or, you know, make some noise in the playoffs. Well, one thing that I do want to mention, I mean, you guys can can talk about it, but I'm just surprised that Seattle is not in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, you have the, the Champions League uh, winners, and then you also don't have New England who was the best he's still the, the the most historic team with most points in a, a regular season and colorado rapids who i think they were first right also they won well the west last yeah, season. yeah mm-hmm. they won the west and atlanta united with so much money they couldn't make the playoffs either so i i don't know they, these are things that mls i know a lot of people say don't bet in any mls games because you never know what happens but yeah i'm just surprised about that that's that and Hernan, real quick, before we get to some Champions League talk, one last question for you, man. Austin FC, win or lose, do you feel like Austin FC will keep that same core roster for next season? I mean, Driussi, Fagundes, Uruti, I mean, Pereira, just uh, Alex Ring, do you feel like that core roster stays the same, or could you see any new additions? If so, what positions could you see being added for, for next season? Well, for sure, for sure, we're going to see the real Rigoni, I guess, is, uh, I guess you can say, because uh, it's been six games for him that he's appeared, three starts, no assists, no goals, no production. That's no bueno for a team that's going into the big party, which is the MLS Audi playoffs. So next season, he's going to have a full preseason. Hopefully, it's the Drusi effect. You know, Drusi had the full preseason under his belt, and he went off. He's sitting on 21 goals right now, so... I don't know if Rigoni is going to be an exact copy of, of Drusi, but I mean, they, they're from the same country. They played in Zenit together. They're buddies. Hopefully, uh, Drusi was kind of like, hey, bring me him over. So come on, Drusi, let's get this guy going. But um, one thing that I, that I do want to touch up on is 
we might see some players leave leave after this season because we've had such a great season. It's impossible to not have eyes on this team for sure. Austin FC is a is a new team, and it's going to be hard to to keep some of these some of these guys that have been performing well this season from bigger clubs. Whether you like it or not, Austin fans. I mean, there's bigger teams out there that these players are are maybe looking to to go to to finish off their career at, or maybe go to that to that next level. I guess you could say. I mean, uh, Rosti went from LAFC to uh, Fenerbahce. You know, maybe we we might see something like that. I don't know, but I just wanted to tell Austin FC fans to just be ready, just in case somebody does head out, heads out the door. It is what it is. These things happen, but for the most part. I would like to see us keep this uh, this core group of players together. A lot of players went out the door from last season. You know, some some notable ones like uh, Tomas Pochettino, our DP, got loaned out to uh, River Plate. Uh, Cecilio Dominguez also went out the door this season, though. That was some issues that happened off the field. Some other players that we want to note, uh, Beasler. Beasler left last season. Uh, but Ruben Gabrielson kind of like really made us uh, forget about Matt Beasler, whose career, I think, was cut maybe... A bit short, unfortunately, off of some uh, concussion issues that happened there. Um, and really just, not to be messed up, but really some no-names left. And we really upgraded, like Kekutamane, Segura, Manny Perez, Eden Stanley, Ben Sweat, Aaron Schoenfeld. Like, you know, these guys are not really top-tier players. And, you know, the, the list of players that came in, Finley, Valencia, Felipe Martin, Rigoni, Kip Keller, Ruben Gabrielson, Urruti. So if we can keep this core group of players and, you know, not lose that many people, maybe bring in a quality defender to help out in the back, it'd be good year three. It'd be real good year three. Oh, amazing stuff, Fernand. And Eric, let's get to you real quick before we get to Kevin O'Toole, man. We had some amazing Champions League action this week. We had Inter beating FC Barcelona. We had Club Rouge beating Atletico Madrid too, man. That's a team that we mentioned last episode. What's been going on on the European side of things, man? Listen, before I even get to UCL football, I said it last episode, Manchester City are winning freaking everything. There's nothing this team can't win. Did you see what Haaland did this past, what, Sunday? Premier League fans are looking at themselves like, we're, we're farmers. The, the league is a farmer's league at this point. They are the next Bundesliga. They are the next Ligon. At this point, wherever Haaland is, that league is considered a farmer's league at this point because that guy is making... Quick work of the league. He has, what, 14 goals, and it's like October 2nd? Uh, that guy is reaching at least minimum 40 goals this season, probably more than that because he is just a monster. But anyways, that's besides the point. Heading into UCL, look, as a Madrid fan, whoo, what an amazing time. As a Real Madrid fan, to be exact, because, look, Atletico Madrid sitting comfortably fourth place in their group. Christ's sake, what's going on there? Atletico Madrid do better. I mean, Simeone, you have... One of the most expensive players in Joao Felix. You have amongst other amazing talents like, you know, Rodrigo De Paul, Griezmann, who you play like 60 minutes because of the whole issue regarding his contract and Barcelona, you know, scratching pennies to try to get that money from him. And it's it's ridiculous. Like, I don't know what's going on with Atletico Madrid. Barcelona, you must really love Thursday night football because, Christ's sake, you had to win tonight. In my opinion, it was do or die. You have to win tonight. Now... You have to beat Bayern Munich, which, I mean, that's going to be another massacre right there, 8-2. I mean, come on now. You guys sold your soul to Spotify, and you're still losing out here to Inter Milan? Come on. Come on. Inter Milan, I mean, yeah, they're they're okay. Maybe they were decent a decade ago, but it's Inter Milan, guys. Come on. You've made so many amazing signings. Oh, but the injuries. Oh, but Kunde's out. Oh, but Araujo has an injury. 
I don't care. You guys signed so many players and you have so many forwards, but not enough depth in the back. You have Busquets, who's 55 years old, Pique, who's 75 years old, still in the club. Hey, hey, he's, he's coming own, to Inter Miami. He's coming to Inter Miami. He's going to light it up. You, you have so, you assigned so many players to be losing to a team like Inter, who, again, credit where it's due, they're a good team, a good team, but not the best team. I don't know what to say there. It's, you know, Thursday night football for you guys. I, I'm going to have a laugh. All my Madrid fans are going to have a laugh. It's just going to be amazing scenes. No, and apart from that, let me not let me show love to the other teams. Look, Spurs doing what Spurs do best, drawing. Listen, they're they're starting to become overrated. I had them as favorites, but they got smoked against Arsenal 3-1. Who, by the way, Arsenal have been playing amazing football, by the way. But unfortunately, they're not UCL. But Spurs doing the Spurs thing and drawing. Bayern Munich, they faced a team that I can't even pronounce somewhere in the freaking Balkans. So, you know, that's expected 5-0. Congrats on that. Ajax, what happened? You guys lost the Jews. You, you know, you guys were a sensational talent at one point. You guys had amazing – and, you know, I, I get it. I get it. You lost your manager. You're losing some of these key players because they're just so talented. But, I mean, 6-1, though? That's like uh, – I mean, Napoli is – Napoli, again, another decent side. But I, I, at home, Ajax, I would never have – would have thought they would lose 6-1. And Liverpool Rangers, I mean – Listen, Liverpool, you drew 3-3 to a team who just lost their manager like three weeks ago. With credit is due because Brighton is a fantastic team with fantastic players who have been definitely overachieving so far in the season. They've been doing amazing work. But I think Liverpool definitely needed this win today because, honestly, they have been in a slump. So winning 2-0 against Rangers, I hope it is a morale boost. I hope they add more competition to City in the league because... It's looking like City is taking everything this year. But yeah, that's our daily session of European football, guys. And to our boy Hernan, who's our special guest, man. Who Who's your team to watch in the UCL, man? Which team do you support out there? And who's your team to watch in the Champions League, man? Madrid, a la Madrid, y nada más, y nada más, a la Madrid. There's only one team to support in Europe, bro. The Kings, the Kings of Europe, Madrid. That's my team. Hey, and one thing real quick. I've been a fan since I was a little boy. I'm not a bandwagon fan before anybody tries to call me out. The listeners from the uh, Soccer Sub podcast. My fandom, real quick, just real quick. My fandom of Real Madrid came uh, when I got my my first FIFA, to, uh, 2004. My cousin would always beat me with Barcelona. And I had no idea, right? Like, I had no idea. And I just followed him one day. I went to the same league and I chose the other team that had five stars in Real Madrid. So that was, was like seven or eight. That's where it started. Thanks, FIFA. Yo, Raul Bravo, the Raul the number seven, Mika Garcias, David Beckham. That was a crazy squad. <laughs> now listen, I just like how these Madrid fans get excited when Barcelona loses. If you check La Liga, I think we're doing good. We're undefeated. Uh, Lewandowski's been on fire. I mean, <laughs> where was Lewandowski today? Hey, hey, Champions League football is not easy. Look, at, look at Atletico Madrid. Look at Atletico Madrid. Our boy TJ Buchanan, shout out MLS right there. Club Brugge. He did. Lewandowski. Lewandowski. <laughs> and I've said it. I said it last year. He fails to show up in the big games. I don't care. Score a hat-trick against Ibar. Score a hat-trick in Germany against Augsburg or whatever second division German team you want to face. Score a freaking hat-trick against, I don't, Bosnia, Herzegovina, whatever, and, you know, European qualifiers. I don't care about that. 
score a goal in a Clásico, in a UCL match, in a UCL final, when it really matters, and he tends to fumble the ball. Let Juan Disney. Hey, I, I Shout out to Club Bruges. Yeah, Club Bruges. Um, look, man, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, we spoke about it last year, right? Uh, Lewandowski kind of failed to put Bayern in the in the finals, but he's he's really talented. You can't take that away. You mentioned it. They lost Kunde, they lost uh, Araujo, and weren't they like the, the the starting or the main defenders for this team? So you know they they're adjusting now. I think Shabi Shabi is gonna find a way to hold against Bayern. I don't know how they're gonna do that, but I think give them some time. I think they're gonna sneak through the round of sixteen. I think Inter is gonna drop some points, and 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 Barca is gonna be okay, man. Appreciate it, Christian. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for all your insights. Let's get to our special guest, Kevin O'Toole, number twenty-two for NYCFC. At forward, he's played midfield as well. He's played for the New York Red Bulls, too, in the USL. A heck of a young player to watch for NYCFC. And Mr. Kevin O'Toole is coming up next. Let's go. All right, MLS fans, we got a special guest joining the show today. He's an American professional soccer player out of Montclair, New Jersey. He's also a product of Princeton University and played with the New York Red Bulls, too, and the U23 squad. He's now with our very own NYCFC, the boys in blue, wearing number 22 at forward. We're joined here with Mr. Kevin O'Toole. Welcome, Kevin. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me on. Hey, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time. And and thank you to Esteban as well from NYCFC Media Communications. Kevin, uh, first things first, we wanted to ask you, how are you? How has the 2022 season been for you so far? And how are you and the team feeling as as the playoffs are right around the corner? Yeah, I mean, the, the team's feeling really good. We came off a really a really great week with wins against Atlas and the Campeones Cup and then against our rival Red Bull on the weekend. And got, you know, international break, had a few days off to reset the mind and body. We're back into training, feeling sharp and ready to go. And Kevin, just a quick thing. We've had our eye on you. I think we've been one of the players to watch, one of the young players, especially from NYCFC squad. NYCFC sporting director David Lee mentioned you really impressed, you know, during preseason and that you've just shown an ability to adjust quickly at the professional level. I wanted to ask you, how have you been able to do that? I know you've played with obviously in Princeton with the Princeton Tigers in the USL with the Red Bulls too. You know, how have you been able to just adapt to the different styles of play, especially now coming into NYCFC and the first team? Yeah, I mean, I think I think in preseason, you know, as, as a draft pick, you're not really guaranteed a spot on the team. So I knew I had to come in and, and just work super hard to earn a spot and gain the respect of the coaches, the scoring director, and my teammates. And so that was kind of how I approached every day was just, you know, work as hard as I possibly can, run all over the field for the guys around me. And I knew that, you know, my, my technical quality could come through as well. So that, that was kind of how I, I set my mind, right? Every practice was come in, work hard, and uh, and, and yeah, earn people's respect. And I think that's, that's what has allowed me to adapt in, in different situations and playing styles is keeping that foundation and then the rest can follow. And Kevin, you beat me to it. I know we wanted to mention that Campeones Cup game against Atlas and we we saw you made an, an appearance there. Just wanted to ask you, how important was that game for you, especially to have the, tr- the trust of coach Nick Cushing? I'm sure that was a huge, huge game for you. And do you feel that was the boost the team needed, especially not going into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, that game was was amazing um you know i hadn't i hadn't really seen a whole lot of, of first team minutes prior to that game i played in one open cup game and then didn't feature again until the atlas game so yeah i mean it was a huge surprise to me when i was when i was listed in the starting 11 and 
yeah, I knew I just needed to sort of be a burst of energy for the team coming into a, a cup final. And I, I think I just tried to cherish the moment because it's not often where you get your first or second appearance in, in a final. My my teammates made me aware of that and, and I, I knew how big of a moment it was. And I just, yeah, tried to rise to it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was amazing to get that win with the team. So yeah, I think it was, I feel like it was a good inflection point in our season. I think we're, you know, back to winning ways again and we need to make sure we continue that going into this weekend. Absolutely, Kevin. Yeah, I think the team is in really good form. Obviously, you know, a lot of players, I think, are are working hard behind the scenes. And Kevin, we wanted to ask you, you know, we obviously did our research looking you up a little bit. We did see that you came up through the New York Red Bulls Academy system. And of course, just to mention again, um, you went to Princeton University with the Princeton Tigers. Can you just tell us a little bit about that experience um, under the New York Red Bulls Academy? Just because we hear, you know, they got a lot of praise. You know, a lot of young players like Tyler Adams came out of there. Caden Clark. Just wanted to ask you, you know, what's, what was that experience with the New York Red Bulls 2 Academy? And kind of making the leap over to NYCFC. Yeah, so I joined Red Bulls Academy my 16 years. I was a sophomore in high school, like 15 or 16 years old. And yeah, that was really my, my first experience at an MLS club. And, you know, they all obviously have a, a high press system where work ethic and fitness and, you know, all those physical attributes are super important to them. So I think that allowed me to develop that aspect of my game, just playing with intensity and, and, and energy all the time. And yeah, I was lucky I got in, in the second team there as well with Tyler Adams and Aaron Long, Omir Fernandez, one of my really good friends still. And he's, he's playing with their first team now. So we won a USL championship in 2016. I was playing as a left back there. So, uh, you know, that's, that's where I have some experience from the past. But, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, I, I think about the, the Red Bull days very fondly. And, they, yeah, it gave me, gave me some, some really good experience at, at a high level. And I'm very happy to be where I am now here at NYCFC. I think uh, the play style suits, suits me very well. And, yeah, happy to be in blue now. Uh, that's amazing. And we're super happy to have you, um, Kevin. You know what? There's a lot of people cheering you on in the supporter section and that are big fans of you. And Kevin, of course, we had to ask you, you know, this is obviously your first full season with NYCFC in the first squad. Wanted to ask you, have there been a, a couple players on that first team, per- perhaps, you know, Sean Johnson, or any of the veterans, Maxi or Alex Callens, any of these guys that have kind of taken you a little bit under their wing, kind of been kind of like mentors for you? Anybody that you can kind of highlight that's kind of really helped you out this season so far? Yeah, I mean they've all been they've all been amazing. It's hard to it's hard to pick out just a few of them because you know, like you said, Shaw, Maxi, Kai, Maxi, all these guys have been really good mentors for me on the field, off the field. You know, keeping my mind right when I wasn't seeing so many minutes, and now when I am playing a little bit more, just you know, making sure my mentality is good going into every game. So um, they've all been great. You know, I, I spoke with Maxime before the the Atlas game, and he gave me some confidence to just kind of go out there and enjoy it because. You know, it, it, it can only it can only be a positive for me in that I, I'm seeing some time. And if I don't do so well, then, you know, it, it was an amazing experience and it's and it's back to square one. But if I put in a good performance and maybe I could give myself a chance to uh, to play a little bit more, you know, spoke with Kynes in the locker room before the game. We sit we sit close by and, um, you know, he's my center back partner on the left. So he was, you know, giving me confidence to, to push forward and high press and he'll cover things behind me. So, yeah, just just really great advice from the veteran guys in the team. And yeah, they're definitely role models for me and have been all year. So I really appreciate all they do for me and, and for the rest of the team. 
Oh, that's amazing, Kevin. And, and Kevin, we we just had two more quick questions for you. You know, obviously, maybe perhaps some fans may not be too familiar with your name. And I just obviously we wanted to highlight you here on our show. For anyone who hasn't seen you play or you're just coming up on the radar, we know you have experience playing in the midfield. Now you're you're listed as a forward with NYCFC as well, more of an attacking role. Can you highlight it, highlight to us a little bit about what are your strengths on the field and kind of what you bring to the team? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think uh, I think I bring a lot of fitness and getting up and down the left-hand side has been something that I've sort of prided myself on in these last couple games and something I hope to bring in every game that I can be an outlet when we play out of the back, but also joining the attack and, and serving crosses. And I think just, you know, kind of being clean on the ball and combining inside is something I like to do as well, um, whether it's on the left-hand side and in the outside back role, combining in with Maxi and Sancier on the right-hand side coming inside onto my left foot. So yeah, I think just, yeah, fitness and combining inside are two things that I, that I like to do on the field. Oh, that's amazing, Kevin. Yeah. I, you obviously also have speed and I mean, we're, we're keeping an eye on you on the field. Thank you for that, Kevin. And we know we just had a huge game with NYCFC versus the Red Bulls and New York Derby. It's a game that never disappoints. Like all eyes are on that game, especially, you know, it's, you know, it's a huge game. Wanted to ask you, you know, in regards to the New York Derbies and anything like that, from what you've experienced, just being on the road or at a Red Bull Arena or at home at Yankee Stadium, if you could just tell the fans a little bit about your experiences of just kind of being with the team and how those games differ from just another regular season game. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I my two games so far have been Atlas and Red Bull, and those are two incredibly, incredibly big games. And so we really rely on the the fan support in those matches to, to pull us through. I think Yankee Stadium really feels like home to us when we're there and we have 30,000 fans behind us in each of those two games, and that gives you a, a huge push. It feels like an extra man on the field. So I think that also sets the atmosphere and, and, and lets you know that it's a big game when you see that many people in the crowd. And I think that's really, you know, all the motivation we need, plus, you know, playing the Hudson River Derby and, and a cup final. So I think, you know, just those two fixtures alone, plus the extra support from the fans really propels us and, you know, lets you know you're in a big game. Absolutely, Kevin. And just to wrap it up, Kevin, of course, we're – almost two weeks away into MLS playoffs. All eyes are on NYCFC as well as the reigning champions. So just wanted to ask you, what's possibly your, just your, your message to the fans, to the NYC supporters, to all the, all the supporters that, that are cheering us on? What's kind of your main message to the fans uh, before we enter the playoffs? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the group is really excited and looking forward to the playoffs to repeat. I wasn't, I wasn't a part of last year's group, but, you know, everyone recognizes and remembers how special that team was and we hope we hope to do it again and, and be repeat champions i think it would be a pretty amazing accomplishment that you know i think the group group has it in us and the fans definitely deserve it so yeah we're we're working towards that for them and um we're really excited for hopefully a deep playoff run absolutely kevin and we want to say thank you so much for coming on our show we really appreciate all your insight and wishing you all the best like we said we have our we have our eye on you and, and thank you so much again we hope to have you back down on the show again yeah sounds good thank you so much for having me all right, guys, that was the interview with Kevin O'Toole. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for being on with us. Oh, man, definitely a player to watch for this season and for the upcoming season. And, and we're so glad uh, he joined the boys in blue. Kevin, thank you so much for being on with me and, and taking the time for that interview. And thank you to Esteban as well from NYCFC Media Communications. And all right, guys, let's start getting out of here. Hernan, man, we want to say thank you so much for coming on to talk a little bit about Austin FC, coming on to talk a little bit about MLS, hearing these guys talk about New York Red Bulls. But yeah, Thank you so much, man. Where can the fans find you? Drop your Twitter handles, your Instagram, and thank you so much again, man. 
Yeah, for sure. Once again, thank you for having me on here. It was a blast. This is one of the best podcasts that I've ever been on. And I've, I've been on some, bro. This was a great format. You guys had really, really uh, nice. But to the people listening that want to find me, uh, you can catch us at uh, We Are Austin TV. That's on Twitter. We got an Instagram. Uh, we do TikToks as well, like the uh, stadium stuff. You can check us out. Also, you can check us out at the Top Flight Podcast. Again, Twitter, Instagram. That's our podcast where we talk about Austin MC, European football, and anything that's really big in the world of uh, soccer. But yeah. Appreciate it, Hernan. We definitely want to have you back on with us again. So we'll definitely keep an eye on you, man. And Vas, let's start getting out of here. Anything you want to say before we get out of here, man? Yo, shout out to Club Bruges yet again, man. Simon Mignolet, Hans Vonneken, Kamal So, Tejan Buchanan. No, no, no. In all seriousness, thank you to all the listeners again. Eric, Thursday Night Football isn't that bad. My beloved Olviacos is still in the Europa League. You know, shout out to them too. But no, thank you to all the listeners. Thank you, Hernan, for finding some time to be on with us. So definitely got to check you guys out. Thank you again. Shout out to Austin. You know, you guys have an amazing team, an amazing statement, an amazing coach, and an even more incredible fan base so best of luck in the west and we'll see you guys in mls cup final hopefully hernan i have nothing but admiration for what you and uh, your group of friends do at, at austin we are austin tv i think whenever we talked about how we can make an impact you always set the bar high man so i it's a pleasure to have you on hopefully you don't steal any more of our rebel players to your team please tell uh reina to to stop doing that and then uh hopefully hey I don't mind if it's an Austin FC near Rebels final at Q2 Stadium. We'll make the trip. I know we'll be in good hands. Oh, man. That's, you know, that's been episode 75, guys. As you know, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. That's just hilarious, you know. It, it must suck to be Christian. A Red Bulls fan and a Barcelona fan all wrapped in one. But listen, oh, no, in all reality, thank you all for listening. There's name football isn't, isn't that bad, you know. It's where fairy tales happen, you know. A small club like Barcelona winning Europa League. Thank you all for listening, guys. Uh, appreciate it, Eric. And yeah, thank you guys for all the support. Episode 75 is a wrap. We'll be back next week with a big, big guest coming your way. We got a couple good interviews coming our way as well. Give us a follow at Soccer Subs Podcast on Instagram, Soccer Subs Radio on Twitter. And we'll see you guys next week. Everyone take care. Have a good one. Thank <laughs> you.